0: welcome to the all or nothing podcast where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game and i'm the host rodrigo balone our next guest is currently one of the co-founders of the startup accelerator called tip hub She's also the founder and CEO of the marketing and branding company, Brandspan. And she's recently released an app called Alchemy that recommends the best drink options from around the world. Let's welcome Amanda Span. How are you today? I'm
1: wonderful, I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: It's good to have you on. Amanda, you started your career in the music industry, which has some of the best marketing campaigns you can find in business. What are some of the unique things you picked up walking around some of the most legendary record labels in the game?
1: Um, I think I mean above all things it's just a resiliency. So I think what the music industry has that a lot of industries don't have is uh, you know, people who are willing to really beat their feet, hit the ground and do some grassroots things that, you know, people, a lot of other people think that they're above. Um, And, you know, grassroots tech would still work. Getting in front of people, like getting into communities and getting in front of people still works. So I think, you know, breaking a record is very similar to, you know, launching a tech product. Like you have to get the right influences, the right stakeholders in front of your product to kind of spread the word. And get things out. So, you know, I think the music industry overwhelmingly taught me the value of just hard work and resiliency, and the you know stick to itiveness, if you will, if that's a word. Um, but just same with same with a project and really pushing it and um, attacking it from all angles.
0: What I like about your career is that you started as a marketing intern and have transformed into a marketing machine. Over the last six years, you've been running Brandspan and helping companies develop their branding and marketing campaigns. What are some of the things you could tell our listeners when it comes to creating the right message for their target market?
1: I think you really have to have a conversation with yourself first about who you are, what your goals are, what problem you're trying to solve. and what your values are as a company. And then make sure that as you're creating content or you're creating marketing collateral to get the word out about that, that you stick to those objectives and, those, and that, that brand alignment so that, you know, your values are carried through in every single thing you do. It's articulated in your messaging. It is seen in your visuals. It is pulled through your content. It is emphasizing your sales materials so that customers constantly know what you are, what you do, and what you stand for. Um, and those are the things that really help take brands to the next level as far as, you know, distinguishing things. Like it's like, like toilet paper, right? Like w- why am I going to use one toilet paper over the other? It's their brand identity. Like I align with something a little bit more about this, this, this brand of toilet paper whether that be their their you know emphasis on quality their emphasis on on uh, sustainability their emphasis on being eco-friendly something about that brand I really identify with and I want to use that one over another um, So I think that's really important I think a lot of brands you know I've seen it again and again and again a lot of brands come and You know, they have a product, they have an idea, but they don't have much else. And, you know, your ideas are worthless if you don't execute them well, if you don't execute them with diligence, you stick with them, and if you don't take the time to carve out, you know, what that brand really needs.
0: Well, recently you released a few different step-by-step workbooks called Launch Love that give entrepreneurs the tools they need to launch and grow their business, why don't you tell us about it and how the workbook can help someone convert new customers?
1: Yeah, so Brandspan is actually pivoting into span and company, um, and it's not that you know the principles and the principles of Brandspan are going away. We're still very, very much focused on innovation-driven startup and, you know, social enterprises and small businesses, but we're going about it in a different way. So, you know, I really had to think about the type of people that I was serving and what their needs were. And I I constantly saw that, you know, there were a lot of really good opportunities to work with startups, but they often didn't have the money or the, you know, resources to get, the next step. So I said, okay, well, you know, I'm going to take a step back with my company and kind of repurpose it to create digital products and solutions um, that would better, that would be able to, you know, better assist them on their own time and their own dime. So over the summer, I wrote four books um, and the books were, I decided on the topic of the books based on feedback from my existing audience. So, People who are on my Facebook fan pages, people who I know have small businesses. I, I really took inventory of what the, the type of things they were trying, they were they were struggling with. Um, I asked a lot of them personally. I took service, I took polls, and overwhelmingly, the four things that people were struggling with were brand identity, really figuring out who they are as a company and how to articulate that message to their customers. Uh, social media, how to grow a social, a social media presence and how to sell their products online in an efficient and effective way. Email marketing, really growing their email list and utilizing that as a vehicle of communication to um, have a conversation with their audience. And then lastly, product launch. So how do I, you know, if I've gotten my email marketing, my social media, and my brand identity together, now how do I in turn, culminate all of that so that I can actually launch the product that, you know, I've been working so diligently on. I try to write my book. I'll put it this way: I try to write my book as if I was speaking to a child, right? Um, like I want to make this super simple because, you know, if you're building a startup, you don't have time to read a 200-page book right now. You don't have time to have to figure out step, step one through 80, you need a clear cut guide that's going to get you from ideation to delivery as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. So that's what I attempt to do. So it's my first, my first ebook. I'm pretty excited about it, and I, you know, hope people enjoy them.
0: Launch Love sounds like a great way for you to extend your knowledge to a broader audience and to generate an additional revenue stream while doing so. But most businesses plateau at some point. And it's usually because management isn't willing to risk big enough to jump to that next level. What advice would you give our listeners about getting the most out of their business, whether it's creating a new stream of income or maximizing the current one? Uh,
1: well, there's this, there's this term that I like to call, well, it's a common term in marketing, but um, a lot of people aren't familiar with it outside of marketing, content marketing. And it's called atomization. And it's the process of taking one piece of content or one idea or one project and breaking it down into very small, digestible pieces that can be used in a lot of different ways. And so I think entrepreneurs need to think about how they can atomize their products and solutions. So, you know, if I'm offering, um, let me think. Of. Give me an example product. Throw out any product. Uh,
0: some sneakers.
1: So if I'm I am selling sneakers, then I need to start thinking about other products and solutions around sneakers that may be really helpful. So like I have sneakers, but I might also sell sneaker boxes. Like where people I always see young men with like. Who's, <laughs> or at the airport and they, you know, have their sneakers in their hand or they have their hats in their hand because they don't want them to get crushed in their luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a, a sneaker carrying case carry, something like that might be great for them or a sneaking, sneaker cleaning solution that will clean their products or, or clean, their, clean their sneakers or shoelaces, right? Like, you have you' you're buying sneakers but you're not and you're buying one set of shoelaces but what if your shoelaces get dirty so thinking about a lot of different smaller solutions that you can build around your one primary solution that add value to the customer um so I think there has to be a willingness to innovate and there has to be a willingness to take chances on new things that will complement you um and you know without innovation you you know, you're, you're dying, right? Like, you know, the most, I, what's the quote it's the most dangerous thing in business is saying, you know, we've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it really sets you back when you, you know, you rely on, on, you know, tradition too much. Like you always want to remember your values and where you came from, but those are just anchoring points for where you want to move forward in the future. Like, there are a million different ways to progress, to innovate, even if you are maintaining the classic brand, there are tons of different refreshing ways to do that. So you really have to think about, okay, so how can I, you know, fragment this down so that I am, you know, staying in the same lane, but adding new levels of value to my customer.
0: You're completely right on a few different aspects, but I want to focus on the innovate or die statement you said because it amazes me that more businesses don't take that to heart. Literally every day there are new companies that are trying to take your spot or your customers. So if you're not trying to find new ways to better yourself, you're literally taking steps backwards. But one of the things I like about your career is that you have soaked up the knowledge that you've acquired and bottled it up and have created different products. One of them is an app that you recently released called Alchemy that helps people find the best bars and drinks in their town how did the idea come about
1: so i conceptualized the idea maybe a year or two two years ago maybe um and i was traveling a lot uh for work and i i realized that you know it was really frustrating for me to find it was always easy to find a great place to eat but it was a lot more difficult to find a really great place to have an amazing drink. And so as I was traveling to different countries and different places, I always was curious about, you know, what was the cultural drink of choice. Um, And so I wanted to create a tool for myself that would enable me to find um, amazing drinks and interesting places to have them. So i I. I predicted that there might be a good number of people who also had a cultural curiosity about drinks and who wanted to explore the world and drinks with me. Um, so I built the tool, and, you know, it's doing pretty well. We just launched in January, and we haven't really been pouring much in the marketing because we wanted to see organically, like, who would find it, how they would react to it, and what we could do with it for next steps. Um, But we are actually in the process of pivoting it, pivoting the product into a marketplace. So um, it's going to be interesting next year for Alchemy, it's going to be slow, but steady growth. Um, But I'm really excited about, you know, next steps.
0: One of the features I like about the app is that it can provide you with new drink recipes that you probably haven't heard of based on your previous likes. And that creates more value for some users. But tell us why should someone download your app instead of the other countless apps that recommend places to go out
1: well one the thing i think is unique about alchemy is that we have crowdsourced recipes like what well, we have processes so we have people sharing saving rating re- and reviewing recipes from all over the world so we have thousands of bartenders and beverage directors who are making original drinks in real time and sharing with you sharing with you so you're getting a taste of Rio. You're getting a taste of Istanbul. You are getting a taste of St. Petersburg. You're getting a taste of Cape Town all at your fingertips. Additionally, we have a lot more recipes than a lot of the existing platforms out there. So Mixology, which is one of the top recipe apps in the store, has about 8,000 recipes and we have 16,000. So, um, you know, we didn't come to play around on the drink front and, you know, we have a lot of you know drink diversity so if you want to check out something new and refreshing and see what people all around the world are having um when we have users in you know south africa and ghana and, and china so we have a really diverse assortment of people all around the world who are you know sharing drinks for you
0: you're also the co-founder of a startup accelerator called tip hub and your team has an eight-week program that helps startup companies not only launch their business successfully, but it gives them the tools they need to stay alive and grow too. Tell us, what are some of the key things a startup will get from your program that will help them grow their business?
1: Well, we focus on a lot of different things. Like mentorship is a big, a big, uh, a big plus for us. We try to we connect every startup with a series of mentors. We have entrepreneurs and residents, those who've done that done it before, who Who've been there before? Who have uh, who are well versed and experienced in educating entrepreneurs on what they need to do. Um, next, we we connect them with legal legal uh, guidance and legal counsel, so that we make sure that even if they are ready to scale, that all the up down the road in on a legal and business front, we provide them with um, business model generation. Like we work with them on their business models to ensure. That they have the most successful model for where they are right now as a company. Um, I help I help the companies on the personal level. I'll be working with them, and that's actually coming up. This session is coming up soon for me to help them work on their marketing efforts and connecting with the press and the media so they can get the word out about the great work that they're doing. So we really try to attack it from all fronts, and really, you know, eight weeks is a long time. Um, especially when you're doing everything virtually. We do have uh, a residency that's in D.C. for about a week, but, you know, all of the weeks prior to that, they're doing everything virtually. So we're providing them with, you know, resources that they can access in real time that help them, you know, as guidelines and checklists and as as a blueprint, really, for, you know, the things that they should be doing to get themselves investment ready.
0: A lot of companies out there create a game plan to get funding and a lot of likes on social media, but they don't really have a solid game plan when it comes to generating money after they acquire the funding. What advice would you give our listeners that are looking for funding to help jumpstart their business but might not need it?
1: Um, I would say that self-acceleration is, is very key. Um, the thing is, is that a lot of people focus so much on funding, and this is something that I even had to learn the hard way. Uh, you know, a lot of people focus so much on on uh, funding that they forget to grow as entities themselves. So I think it's really just important to to remember that sometimes you don't need the funding. Sometimes all you need is a customer, right? So really focus on growing your business, acquiring customers, learning who your customers are, uh, what their needs are and how you can best address those needs is majorly important.
0: Well, networking is key in business, especially when you want long term success. Having a good network of like minded individuals can lead to referrals to help grow your business, but also it can lead to inside information that helps protect your business against any losses. Are there any tips that you can give our listeners when it comes to meeting somebody new and building a long term relationship that could potentially help their business?
1: Um, I think it's just important to be who you say you are and to really stand by your word, right? Like I think you know, all all business relationships are, are personal. You know, um, and I think a lot of people forget that. that like, you know, does it, like all of these relationships start at a certain place, and you have to, you have to cultivate that. Like, I, I treat um, my business relationships almost—I mean, a lot of them as if I would treat a friend. You know, I check in with them. I ask them to, you know, you know what's going on with them, what's on the new on their horizon. I just, you know, keep keep a rapport with them, and I think it's really important to, to try to work to uh, give, more than, give more than you receive, one, and two, try to figure out what people need before they need it, right? Like, if you see an opportunity to assist someone in some way and it doesn't really cost you anything, it's not going to hurt you, you should do it. Like, just do it. Um, and, you know, it may take a little bit of your time, it may take a little bit of your energy and your effort, but it will ultimately, you know, behoove you in the long run because people remember things like that, you know. People remember when, you know, they may have been in a rough spot and they, you know, you came through in the clutch. So, you know, I think you you really want to keep those things in mind and really, like, you know, as you move forward, just really don't look at your business relationships as just what they can do for you, but like what you can do for them and how you can um, really benefit and add value to all of your prospective and future partners.
0: That's an interesting concept when you talk about treating the, the customer or the client like a friend, because the sad truth is that most People treat customers as a dollar sign. So when you break it down in perspective, um, as treat them as your friend, for example, you know, following up on them and making sure that they are right or or that they have the best solution for them. It makes it a lot easier to to translate a relationship that that works for both sides. So, Amanda, I want to cap it off and say that this was a great interview. You definitely gave our listeners a lot of good information that they could use. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience before you go?
1: If you're interested in the workbooks, you can get them at launchlove.co, launchlove.co, and you can get all of the books there. There are four books, brand identity, email marketing, social media, and product launch, and we'll be rolling out new products every quarter. So just stay tuned and you know join our mailing list so you can be abreast on everything new that's coming out.
0: I want to thank Amanda Span for being on our show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, you can follow the All or Nothing podcast on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify and Tidal. That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm the host, Rodrigo Ballone.